Guess who? It's me again. It's five o'clock. You care what the mainstream media says? What's up, family out there? You're listening. from central Wisconsin where I had my second camera working about, about until about tw- two minutes ago. Sorry for the late start. I was uh, doing some last minute tinkering with the stream. I thought I had it going and it was going to be cool. It's kind of a cool look from over here. Um, so I'll get it fixed. It's uh, it's almost there. I found my problem though. My problem is the, the external uh, USB hub. So got that fixed. <laughs> Uh, yesterday the, uh, the, the new USB card came and I was able to take the computer apart, clean it up a little bit, put the new USB in, reconfigure everything, kind of get everything to where I want it finally. Um, now that I finally have that problem fixed and, um, just plugged in the, the, uh, secondary GoPro to see if I could get a second camera view here. And it was working until about a minute as I was getting ready to click go launch stream. And I was like, ah, let me just reset it here real quick. And it's. It's not, it's not want to work. So I found my problem though. It's the external uh, J5 uh, USB hub that I have powered USB hub that is apparently causing the problems. Um, but it's weird because it was, I was also having problems with the USB card that was, you know, internal to the computer. So anyways, uh, temporary fix for now. We're good to go as far as the main stuff. Uh, just trying to add some extra bells and whistles to the stream. So we'll get to it. We get to that point when we get to it. Hope you guys enjoyed the show earlier today with uh, Red Pill 78 today at uh, 1 Eastern, noon uh, Central. It was a good time uh, with uh, hanging out with Zach. Um, I don't know. You know, sometimes I just have, I, I just say things just to kind of make people think. And, uh, you know, you know how it goes. The audience that, that watches me every day knows. And so <laughs> the, the, sometimes the crowd doesn't like being told some other things. But, hey, it's all, oh, yeah, I need to check. Uh, is my volume low? It probably is uh, because, yeah, my, my volume is very low because I was I had it adjusted for Zach's show. So let me get that. There we go. That should be a lot better. All right. Th- thanks, guys, for the heads up. I appreciate that, uh, Texas Bear. Um, yeah, it was. A, I had it uh, set uh, a lot lower because all my settings are changed now. So I'm trying to get it get it readjusted. But thanks for being here today, guys. Uh, I had a, had a fun time hanging out with Zach earlier today and. Um, 
Uh, we had a pretty good discussion about uh, stuff in general. So if you get time, check that out. Uh, lots to get to today. Just Lane Maxwell on the news today. We're going to go through that indictment, and I'm going to take Brian Cates' <laughs> advice and be like, all right, let's see what we got here. So we're going to go through that. Uh, there's, uh, We're definitely going to go through some, some more of the Supreme Court stuff today as well. Uh, what else do I have in here? Um, Clarence Thomas article that he wrote yesterday uh, in the New York Post. I want to read that for sure. Uh, so, so, so first half, uh, mostly Supreme Court stuff and Jocelyn Maxwell stuff, uh, lined up for the second half, pretty much is the most of it. Some, you know, re how it goes, random stuff mixed in here and there. And then, uh, whatever's out there in the news today, uh, we'll check in at the, at the top of the hour at five and see, uh, what else is going on out there for breaking news and stuff like that. So a great day though. A great day. I hope you guys are, are celebrating. I hope you guys are, are loving life. It is a great day for America and a great day for our justice system. I've been I've been uh, pontificating for a while on the idea that um, things are not as bad as they seem. Right? <laughs> They're not as good as they seem. But slow your roll on how bad things are as far as the legal process. Uh, President Trump and Mike Pence are going to go down as the greatest vice president and president combo, regardless of all the other. Uh, bullshit that will be said and when when history is told uh that's what will be told because they changed the direction of the country for generations on end starting with the courts and it is um you know i kind of hinted around it a little bit earlier today with with zach it's just i've spent my whole life being an activist and so many of you out there have as well so many of you out there have been an activist in some form and, uh, you know, p- part of it was maybe because you're you, you're a 2A activist or you're a 1A activist or, you know, you're just a constitutional activist and you see how the courts have been destroyed and how these many things have, have uh, attempted to be destroyed in our country. And we have watched, though, as the Supreme Court has continually backed the rights that are God-given to us in the Bill of Rights. And today is, is just a – I was stoked. I was so freaking happy, dude. And I'm loving that it came down first, you know. It's like, here, freak out about this. Not only do all these crazy people who think you think are crazy have the have the right to carry a sidearm whenever whenever they want, uh, but uh, you no longer have the uh, the inconst- unconstitutional right to murder a baby. Um, so I, I like the I like the direction that the court's going. There's a chance tomorrow that we might get that ruling. If not, there's a chance next week as well. So we'll see what happens. I, I think there's a pretty good chance it may come tomorrow. We'll see. Uh, I'm not going to do any predictions, but nonetheless, I want to say hello to all you all you great patriots out there. Thanks for coming to hang out with me today. The mile's still doing good after getting the tooth removed yesterday. Uh, we're, we're, we're hanging in there. We're doing all right. Or the day before, whatever it was. Uh, yeah, I think it's day two. So it's healing good. Everything's looking good. No swelling and uh, no infection. So I got that going for me. I'm tired of, of eating soup and casseroles and chow mein <laughs> already. I can't. This weekend, I'm fucking cooking something delicious. I don't know what yet, but I'm smoking something, cooking something, whatever the hell. I'm going to thoroughly enjoy dinner this weekend. So we got that going on. Hello, everyone over there at the Foxes. Thanks for being here today, guys. God bless you all. Hope all is well. Palladius first in the house. RP4L. Scotus has left. He's breathing hard. Yeah, we're going to talk about that for sure. I'm going to have a little fun with that for sure, my friend. Thanks for being here today. I appreciate you guys. Bitch Toria, Phantom F4. Thanks for being here. Uh, let's see. Now you guys are hopping like me. Hopping on me like crazy. Uh, let's see here. Where was I? Uh, let's see. Bitch Toria, Mag, uh, 
Meg Suno, good to see you out there. Hope all is well. Uh, Trick Pony, Keytrue's in the house. Good to see you as well. God bless you. Uh, let's see. Liberty Bells, Texas Bear 77's out there hanging out as well. Much love. God bless you, sir. I hope all is well. I think I hope you're hanging in there. Uh, Putsy Woo's in the house. Uh, RP4L, Trick Pony. Tennessee Tim stopping by to say hi. What's good, brother? Hope all is well down in Tennessee. God bless you, my friend. Hope all is well. Phantom F4, God bless you. What's good? Hope all is well. Uh, who cares news out there hanging out? Bitch, uh, the Diligent is on there. Thank you for the kind words with Red Pill earlier belushi's in the house hey where you been hiding hope all is well bro <laughs> yeah i've been busy too bro i get it i i get it <laughs> that's the thing bro it's we that's the one thing we all understand man it's freaking if you do this stuff it's a it's a that's it's a lifestyle it changes your lifestyle and everything revolves around streaming i totally get it bro it's good to see you out there hope all is well uh everything uncensored is uncensored uh everything uncensored abe is uncensored abe.com do me a favor check out the podcast when you get time pop beat iheart apple google spotify pick one anyone we are approaching 30,000 downloads on the podcast already which is freaking awesome Awesome. Episode 294 is today, approaching 300 episodes, and uh, the support for the podcast has been great. Search Uncensored Dave on your favorite platform. You'll be able to find it. Telegram, social, true social links are at the very top. If you want to watch the show, you can watch it directly from the website, uh, as well as check out the merchandise that's on there. You can get yourself a I Want My News Uncensored shirt. I appreciate you guys' support, support very much. If you want to, want to watch the live show every day, Monday through Friday, Every weekday, Monday through Friday, 5 Eastern, 4 Central, Foxhole, D-Live, Twitch, Rumble, Cloudhub, and Tiger Network are where you can find the stream. Appreciate your guys' support very much. Thank you all for being out there today. Uh, the previous shows are up there as well as the previous content I think you need to see. If you want to help me keep the lights on, I could use your help. The bills are piling up. Cash App, PayPal, Patreon, and now you can help buy me a coffee as you see on the stream right there. Automatic alert pops up if uh, you buy me a coffee. So thank you guys very much for the support through buying me a coffee. It has been pretty awesome already. You guys are awesome people. And uh, pretty much every day you guys been buying me a cup of coffee, so I appreciate it. Today I have delicious Arnold Palmer half and half in the cup today. Since it's Thursday, it is usually a very long day doing two shows, one with Red Pill and the other. It's a grind all day long. I'm up early, uh, so the coffee got drank earlier today. Thank you guys for being out there today. You can also support the, the, the stream by going to uncensored or mypillow.com backslash Abe, mypillow.com backslash Abe. They have a flash sale on my pillows right now. Check it out when you guys get time. Some of them as low as $20. If you use discount code Abe, they also have their slipper blowout sale going on right now. Check that out when you guys get time. Buy one, get one free towel sets, uh, bed sheets, pillows, and go anywhere. My pillows, as well as the mattress toppers, 50% off the mattress toppers, all kinds of great deals, loungewear, sleepwear, flags. Uh, this declaration is, uh, uh, collection i want to check that out for sure that's going to be on my list to get as well as the uh lion of judah arts pretty cool as well so check out the website when you get time mypillow.com backslash abe or call the phone number which is 800-653-7856 use discount code abe you can get yourself some cool stuff an awesome discount and help support the show we appreciate you guys very much the hard part about a sponsor like that is if people don't buy stuff from the sponsor they don't keep you around so we appreciate you guys that you guys been buying a pillow or some towels everybody needs a towel use a discount code you can help help the show out get some cool stuff and some nice towels god bless you guys thank you guys for the support i appreciate it very much foxhole truth d live excuse me, Foxhole Truth and Gab links are at the very bottom. The email address and the link tree, that's got to change and that's, that's on my list. As well as the P.O. box are at the very bottom right there. Check it out when you guys get time. Thanks for hang, coming to hang out as you guys are every day. Lots of good stuff to get through today. So we'll hop to that in just a moment. I forgot. I paused the stream over there. Thank you guys for the gold pills over there. Belush, thanks, brother. 
Uh, Darth Q, thanks for dropping some, a can on me. I appreciate that. Who cares? News with his daily 145 gold pills. Lots of good news today from SCOTUS. And D will cover that the, the first half of the show heavy today. Mike Montana with a can. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. Blue eyes open, working and lurking as always. God bless you. Good vet more. Good to see you out there. And Patriot Drummer out there hanging out as well. Much love, guys. Thanks for being here today. Uh, let's check in with everyone over there on Rumble. Thanks for being here today, guys, over at the Rumble crowd. Uh, every day working their way in here today. I appreciate you guys very much. Do me a favor if you're new to the channel. Channel, hit the subscribe button and also hit the plus button at the bottom of your screen if you're watching the computer or the thumbs up whatever one you can see it helps just kind of uh you know it lifts the stream up a little bit higher so i appreciate that what in the world why does that look like that i'll have to fix that uh everyone over here at rumble thanks for being here today most of you guys are lurkers but i appreciate those of you that are out here chris has our internet back today god bless you good to see you out there today ilda the huns hanging out god bless you hope all is well as well as heli rose and Glenn's out there lurking as well. Several others over there in Rumble today as well. Thanks for being here today, guys. The Twitch crowd's working their way in here today as well. Thanks, guys, for being here. Deplora Laura, God bless you. Tech, uh, Tech T-Rex K9, Firecracker Patriots, Bill Cooper, Brian's in the house. Good to see you out there, my friend. Hope all's well. Track T-Rex and uh, let's see. Uh, Cochranan is in the house. Much love. Good to see you out there from Idaho as well. The mouth is feeling fine today. Still healing the way it should. Uh, no, no uh, sensitive. It's not sensitive at all, and it looks like it's healing the way it should. I've been, I've been washing it out every hour. So, um, pretty much every hour or so. Anytime I get something in me, I'll, I'll wash it out with uh, salt water, and that seems to be doing this job. So, so far, so good. I think appreciate the prayers and the thoughts. Thanks, guys. Very much. I love you guys. Johnny B in the house hanging out there as well. Much love. Everyone over there on the, the alternate platforms, Tiger Network. Oh, let me fix my stuff here so I don't have extra bandwidth going on. I don't need to see you running. I can see myself. Uh, oh, I forgot to start the telegram. I forget the telegram. It's better off just kind of just let everybody know, hey, we're live now. Come hang out. So I'm just going to do it that way from now on. You can just hear me pain in the ass doing, doing everything else. All right. Um... Good to see you guys out there today. So, yes, the Supreme Court is kind of where, where it starts. But first, we start with Sidney Powell today, dropping some uh, dropping a link on us that I think is going to be worth our time. Let's start off here with Dr. Gold, as you guys know, is a great patriot and somebody who's been standing up for, for those who can't stand for themselves and being very bold and courageous in being truthful in a world that doesn't allow that. And she's now paying the price for it. Free Dr. Gold. Patient's life or save. It started with a choice. Save a patient's life or save her own job. It turned into an explosive event. Daring to speak the truth that the government wanted to hide. It ended with a judge throwing a brave doctor with no criminal record into federal prison for 60 days on a misdemeanor trespass. A shocking and unprecedented miscarriage of justice. This despicable act has crossed the line. J6 is a fraudulent and fascist political weapon, and this absurd prison sentence is the ominous proof that nobody is safe from the jaws of the corrupted judicial system. If they can imprison Dr. Simone Gold, they can crush anyone, and they're coming for you. It's time to fight back. It's time to demand the restoration of justice and free speech. It's time to free Dr. Gold. Despite being a scheduled speaker at a free speech rally with a government approved permit, despite being sworn by a huge crowd with no way to escape after police began agitating them, despite being pushed inside through doors that were open from the inside, 
despite respectfully proceeding through only public rotunda, statuary hall, and hallways, despite peacefully giving her speech and then complying with police when they asked her to leave. Despite all this, the government violently arrested Dr. Gold with an FBI SWAT team raid, breaking open her door and terrifying her with assault rifles, shackling her and throwing her in jail for two days. She still suffers from PTSD as a result. For over a year since, she has been tortured by endless government harassment, all without any legal justification or due process. And now the corrupt judge from the Michael Sussman trial resulting from the Durham investigation has done the unforgivable. He stated outright falsehoods as justification for his personal animus against Dr. Gold as he slammed her with an utterly outrageous prison sentence. For an esteemed physician and attorney with decades of service to struggling minority communities and zero criminal record, enough is enough. We must unite and push back. Support the Free Dr. Gold mission right now so we can turn the tide of tyranny and save ourselves and our children. The future is only what you fight to make it. They're right. It's not it's not just Dr. Gold. Free Dr. Gold, do me a favor and spread the word out there about Dr. Gold's plight. And we've tried to, you know, raise awareness to you guys as much as possible. Um, here's the video. You can get it from Telegram and download it and re-upload it if you so choose or however you'd like to share that. Uh, let's all say a prayer for, for Dr. Gold and all the others who are political persecuted political prisoners in our country right now. Lord, let it not be me. <laughs> no. Free free them. Please free them, Lord. One way or the other, we have to get this country back. I'm with you, Tennessee Tim. It's coming, my friend. Slowly but surely, it's coming. <clears throat> let's see here. All right. Let me go to let's see. This is not where I want to go to here. You got to move over there. You come here. Okay, Justice Thomas, we have that. Uh, I didn't have a chance to really organize. Let me organize some of this shit here. Uh, Voter Georgia, you go over here. Uh, Supreme Court stuff, Supreme Court stuff, and more Supreme Court. Yes, okay, that's where I want to go at the beginning here. I do want to kick it off with a few things, though, starting here with not there. <laughs> I thought I already moved you over here. You, over to here. Are you... <laughs> Telegrams can be really annoying. You ever notice how, how annoying Telegram can be? I have a problem with them using the term assault rifles in the Dr. Gold video. <laughs> Long rifles? Yeah, I'm with you. That's, uh, it, it's, it's only used when it's um, convenient for us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Do the 2A dance again. <laughs> That's a one-timer phantom. Phantom. <laughs> it's a great day. It's a great day to be alive, and it's going to be an even greater day when these when we are allowed to actually have discourse again and have the have a constitutional republic be returned to its rightful state. We're getting there. And by the way, like I said earlier with Red Pill, don't be surprised if we don't get the right ruling on this specific case, but it doesn't mean that that's going to stop Roe. It could still happen in October time frame. So we'll see. Just uh, <laughs> there's there's the, the legal system is is in shambles right now. And 
because of that, you never know what you're going to get with Supreme Court cases, and it doesn't mean that they're traitors. All right, let me get to it here today. This is Boyus Blanc. Thank you for the cookie, Tac 264 is in the house. Those are actually full auto rifles. They might be. That's a good point, Tac 264. Uh, FBI raids, probably right. How liberal policies have killed black communities by Clarence Thomas. Happy birthday, sir. God bless you. In this ex- excerpt from the now-published uh, Created Equal, have you guys seen that yet? I'm, I might go watch it again tonight. Uh, you can just search uh, Created Equal, I think, in, in uh, like Roku or, um, you know, one of the alternative streaming platforms that you have, and you'll be able to find a documentary. It's so worth your time. I'm, this book I'm going to get, and I'm hoping to find a way to get him to sign it. He is, you know, one of my heroes as far as uh, Supreme Court's and just in just in life, I mean, he's just his life story, and where he came from, and what got him to be to understand the, the a genius behind our constitution is just an amazing story. So let's read this in this excerpt from the just published created equal Clarence Thomas in his own words by Michael Pack and Mark Pelota. The Supreme court justice reflects on changes in his hometown, Savannah, Georgia. The book is based on more than 30 hours of interviews Pack conducted with Thomas and his wife, Ginny for the film of the same name. 95% of the book's material is new, including this excerpt. Michael Pack, you've talked a little bit today about how life in the black community has not been improved by many well-intentioned social programs. Do you think in some sense it is worse than when you grew up? Clarence Thomas, it's a disaster. When I grew up, you had a family. You didn't have drugs. You didn't have gangbang. You, you could walk down the street. There was a change in our society. I think that these programs certainly had an impact. Just go back to Savannah and take a look around you. Our worst fears were realized. We didn't want to be right. We, we wanted to be wrong. It wasn't about winning an argument. No, we wanted to lose the argument. We did not... We, we did not want the damage to occur. That's why we were involved. I don't particularly like public life. I never wanted to be in public life. I'd like to go to football games. I'd like to not make decisions about other people's lives. But what drags you into it is when you see these principles being undermined, which leads to such destruction. The policies destroy people. And ultimately, I think we're going to destroy the very thing that allows us to have liberty and to have a free society. MP, so the heirs to those movements like Black Lives Matter focus on other things, mass incarceration and police, police brutality. What do you think of the current movements for racial justice? Clarence Thomas answers this. I don't really follow the movements du jour. I don't quite understand them. It's fascinating to me that the radical groups in the sixties that we were in, that he was a part, a part of, by the way, uh, that the radical groups in the sixties that we were aware of and fond of back then, like the black Panthers, that's kind of mainstream now, but we knew that they were more marginal back then. I don't know what to say about this. But if you look at some of the things that are still problematic, like bad education, unsafe neighborhoods, drugs, alcohol, breakdown in families, it seems like these, th- these, are, these are things that we warned about back then. We were told, basically, take a long walk on a short pier. And I understand that. I understand people not wanting to hear an opposing view. But at the same time, we're not, talking, we're not taking ownership of these policies, having a significant role in the damage that's been done. 
question. You've made many trips back and forth to Pinpoint and Savannah. When you return, do you reflect on your life? Do you reflect on how it is now? Clarence Thomas says this, I don't reflect, uh, uh, I, I don't reflect a lot about these sort of things. A lot of this is depressing, and it didn't have to happen. The Savannah that I return to is not the Savannah I grew up in. There are good parts. You're free to move about. You don't have the segregation, but, you ha- but, but you've got pathologies that we didn't have before. You've got the crime we didn't have before. You've got the disintegration of, fam- disintegration of families that you didn't have before, disorder like you didn't have before. And they were things that were avoidable. You didn't have to go. You didn't have to do that to poor people, and it's just hard breaking something has changed so it's kind of hard to go back my grandfather would always talk about how do pe- how do you help people without turning them into wards of the state turning them uh, them into people who don't help themselves he would have this line quote you help people help themselves and there was a difference between helping or helping to help themselves. Now, we could do it individually, but we didn't do it all the time. But we did it all the time. Excuse me. Now, we could do it individually because we did it all the time. It's not only our Christian obligation. It was the way we lived. That's the way our community lived. You have fish and somebody else has beans and they bring you beans and you give them fish or vice versa. But what happens with people who can't help themselves? And my grandfather's line was, quote, there are people who won't help themselves and the people who can't help themselves. And he wanted to help the people who couldn't help themselves versus the ones who wouldn't. And how do you make that distinction? Well, you live there. It's, it's part of your community. It's family. It's your neighbor. You know that this person refuses to work versus that person who is disabled or that person who just kind of had another kid or, or can't go to work right now. But you don't know that from a distance. When people have these sort of uh, macro policies and they have unintended consequences, they don't fess up to it. When you tear down a neighborhood in order to replace the housing, you have changed the neighborhood. That little church that used to be there that people went to on Sundays, that little community house or whatever is suddenly gone. Question, why do you think these activists promote these policies? Don't they have good intentions? Clarence says this. We were talking before about um, about people will push a policy that makes them feel good. Oh, I feel good about myself because I put you in public housing. When my grandfather saw all these high rises for public housing, he thought it was awful. I remember when he when we visited a relative in New York who lived in one and he said, boy, this don't make no damn sense. Piling poor people on top of poor people. And it turned out he was right. They tore down Cabrini Green, a Chicago housing project, and many of these notorious high-rise public housing projects, they made a profit out of him because he thought it would just create more problems. And yet the people who pushed it never say, oh, we made a mistake. And they never take account for the fact that of the damage they did to people with their grand experiment, the gangs they created, the drugs dealing they accommodated, the destruction of the family they exacerbated. All of this was not necessarily caused, but at least influenced in the wrong direction by, artif- by the artificiality of the neighborhoods they created. 
the experts don't live in the neighborhood. They don't know what you what effect you had when you tore it down that little that little shoe store because you say it was a sub in a substandard building. It's the same thing. When we had school integration, the unintended consequences is the effect it had on the black teachers and also the school neighborhood schools. You walk to school, your parents went to that school, and what happens when you break those bonds? Good point. The unintended consequences are, are significant. Clarence says this, my father said one day when we're riding around in an oil truck and they're beginning to tear down the old substandard housing and supposedly putting up new things, well, they never go, they never got around to putting up that part. So when they started tearing down some of the dilapidated houses in our neighborhood, he said, boy, they're tearing down neighborhoods and building buildings. That phrase has just stuck in my head. And stuck in my mind, there's a difference between a neighborhood and a building. And it's it may be a subtle difference, particularly when you're young, that you miss. But as life goes on, you see that a building and a neighborhood are two entirely different things. You can really you can have really nice buildings in a horrible neighborhood. And you can have awful buildings in a wonderful neighborhood. And that was his point about our neighborhood. Our neighborhood was fine, but geniuses came in, the experts, and started tearing down buildings and tearing up the neighborhood. <laughs> Clarence Thomas, uh, the the book, um, I think the book is like just came out or has it been out for a little bit of a period of time now. The the movie you can find, it's well worth your time, and I, I think I might go ahead and watch it again tonight because it is that good, and I really respect Clarence Thomas's uh, life, where he came from and where he's to now. Created equal. Clarence Thomas, in his own words, there you go. There is uh, an article written today for him. Uh, we're going to get to the Supreme Court rulings today. I wanted to talk about, let me, here, I'll, let me just move this. I'll move this to the second half. Let's get to the Supreme Court stuff here. Let me say, let me check in with you guys out there, see how you guys are doing out there. What's good, Rumble? JC Bird in the house, dropping a cup of coffee on me. Thank you, sir. God bless you. I appreciate that. Uh, thank you very much, man. You're awesome, dude, man. Appreciate you. Um, let's get to the rulings here pretty quick. Uh, my bottom line, new follow over there on Twitch and Spuds is back in the house. Good to see you out there, my friend. Freestyler, what's good? Ho hopefully all is well out there. You hanging in there, my friend? Hope all is well. JC Bird's in the house as well. Good crowd over there. Hey, what's up, Dex? Good to see you out there. I need some good news. <laughs> left, uh, Just left Pinata with ear aids. Yeah, I don't know why it's a waste of freaking time. Don't even, people even bother watching that shit. But, hey, I get it. You know, some people just want to see where they're going with it. Today, in a 6-3 ruling, the court strikes down New York's concealed carry law. <laughs> Let's read. Uh, I, Amy Howe is a very good mind uh, with regards to the Supreme Court. She's a centrist. Uh, I think she's a little bit left-leaning, to be honest. Nonetheless, uh, she does a good job of, of breaking down the cases. Here's what we have today. <clears throat> the Supreme Court on Thursday struck down a New York handgun licensing law that requires New Yorkers who want to carry a handgun in public to show a special need to defend themselves. In a 6-3 ruling written by Justin Clarence Thomas, it's the court's first significant decision on gun rights in over a decade. In a far-reaching ruling, the court made clear that the Second Amendment's guarantee of the right to keep and bear arms protects a broad right to carry a handgun outside of home for self-defense. Going forward, Thomas explained, courts should uphold gun restrictions only if there is a tradition of such regulation in U.S. history. 
Thursday's landmark decision came less than six weeks after a gunman killed 10 black people at a Buffalo supermarket and less than a month after. I don't know why this even matters, Amy. And <laughs> Red Pill Ken, what's good? Uh, Democrat ideology, Clarence Thomas is highlighting keeping blacks poor and needy. Yes. Democrat ideology, indeed, Red Pill Ken. That's uh, one of the biggest things that has just been, you know, has been something that has really pissed me off about Democrat policies is how racist they really are. Uh, when, I, when I used to talk to my, my friends in Baltimore and stuff and they would tell me the stories and shit, I was like, man, it's purposeful and it's, and it's racist and that's, that's why they are, we're watching them destroy themselves. Um, yeah, let's talk about that. We have, let's make sure we talk about shootings. Anytime we, we write about, uh, Supreme court cases, let's make sure that we fit in the shootings in there, Amy. Uh, the state law at the heart of the New York state rifle and pistol association versus Bruin required anyone who wants to carry a concealed handgun outside of the home to show proper cause for the license. New York courts interpreted that phrase to require applicants to show more than a general desire to protect themselves or their property. Instead, applicants must demonstrate a special need for self-defense. For example, a pattern of physical threats. Several other uh, states, including California, Hawaii, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Jersey, imposed similar restrictions, as do many cities like Chicago. The lower courts upheld the New York law against... Uh, a challenge from two men whose applications for concealed carry licenses were denied. But on Thursday, the Supreme Court tossed out the law in an ideologically divided 63-page opinion. The court rejected the the two-part test that many lower courts have used to review challenges to gun control measures. That test looked first at whether a restriction regulates uh, conduct protected by the original scope of the Second Amendment. And then, if so... That test first first looked at whether a restriction regulates conduct protected by the original scope of the Second Amendment, and then, if so, whether the restriction is fine-tuned to advance a significant public interest. Instead, Thomas wrote, if the Second Amendment's plain text covers an indiv- individual's conduct, the government has the burden to show that the regulation is consistent with historical understanding of the Second Amendment. Applying that new and more stringent standard to the New York proper, proper cause requirement, Thomas found that the challenger's desire to carry a handgun in the public for self-defense fell squarely within the conduct protected by the Second Amendment. The amendment's text does not distinguish between gun rights in the home and gun rights in public places, Thomas observed. Indeed, he suggested that the Second Amendment's reference to the right to bear arms most naturally refers to the right to carry a gun outside of the home. After reviewing nearly seven centuries worth of historical sources beginning in the 1200s and going through the early 1900s, Thomas concluded that although U.S. history has at times placed some well-defined restrictions on the right to carry firearms in public, there was no tradition of a broad prohibition on on carrying commonly used guns in public for self-defense. And with rare exceptions, Thomas added, there was no historical requirement that law-abiding citizens show the kind of special need for self-defense required by the New York law to carry a gun in public. Indeed, Thomas concluded that there is no other constitutional right that an individual may exercise only after demonstrating to the government officers some special need. Thomas rebuffed New York's effort to justify its proper cause requirement as a effort to regulate 
guns in sensitive places, specifically crowded urban areas like Manhattan, where people are likely to gather. Thomas agreed that as a historical matter, there have been there have long been laws restricting guns in places like courthouses and polling places. Moreover, he continued. Restrictions that apply to modern versions of sensitive places may also pass constitutional muster, although Thomas left open exactly what might qualify as a sensitive place. He made clear that urban areas do not meet that definition. The state's argument that would, in effect, exempt cities from the Second Amendment and would eviscerate the, the general right for, to publicly carry arms for self-defense, Thomas concluded. The state's argument would, in effect, exempt cities from the Second Amendment and would eviscerate the general right to put the public carry, uh, he concluded. In a concurring opinion, joined by Chief Justice Ron John Roberts, Justice Brett Kavanaugh sought to portray the scope of Thursday's decision as limited. The ruling was will not bar states from imposing any licensing requirements, Kavanaugh contended. There are 43 states, he noted, that use licensing schemes that include requirements for such as background checks, firearms trainings, a check of mental health records, and fingerprinting. Such schemes are objective, Kavanaugh explained, rather than granting open-ended discretion to licensing officials and requiring a showing of some special need apart from self-defense. Indeed, he continued, the self the Second Amendment allows a variety of gun regulations. Kavanaugh quoted at length from the late Justice Antonin Scalia's opinion in the court uh, District of Columbia versus Heller, where I think Scalia is somewhat wrong in, to be honest. In 2008 opinion, affirming the right to keep a handgun in the home for self-defense, nothing in our opinion, Scalia wrote, should be taken to cast doubt on longstanding prohibitions on the possession of firearms by felons and the mentally ill or laws forbidding the carrying of firearms in sensitive places such as schools and government buildings or laws imposing conditions on qualifications on the commercial sale of arms. Justice Stephen Breyer dissented in an opinion joined by Sonia Sotomayor and Elena Kagan. The three dumbasses of the court combined to continue to be stupid. Nothing that over noting that over 45,000 Americans were killed by guns in 2020. As if stopping the sale of law abiding citizens from having a gun has anything to do with with anything. But at least we have that. We at least we know that. Bayer emphasized that states have tried to reduce the likelihood of gun violence by passing laws that limit, in various ways, who may purchase, carry, or use firearms of different kinds. But Thursday decision, Bayer argued, severely burdens the state's efforts to do so. Actually, no, not at all, not not at all. See, the the thing that you think that you're trying to do is that by keeping guns out of the hands of law-abiding citizens, you're going to stop gun violence. That's not how the real world works in the real world criminals get guns however they want to get them regardless of the laws that you dumb fucks pass see that's how it actually works in the real world but now we don't we don't we don't think about that we we in fact i don't think they actually think is what it comes down to i don't think they actually have the ability to process any kind of deep thoughts about that they just guns bad we must ban guns arguing that the question before the court was the extent to which the Second Amendment restricts different states and the federal government from working out solutions to gun violence through democratic processes 
Breyer faulted his colleagues for striking down the New York law without an evidentiary record that would allow it to determine how the New York scheme actually works in practice, without considering the state's compelling interest in preventing gun violence and protecting the safety of its citizens, and without considering the potentially deadly consequences of its decision. Yes, dumbass, Breyer, you make decisions on court cases based on the law and the constitution, not on the resulting outcome of what you think might happen by, by ruling on something. Well, I, I think that you, this might cause, uh, you know, a mass shooting in Manhattan now, and then we'll just blame the court for it. And I, how I know this might happen is because I was told that it would probably will happen. Breyer's dissent drew fire from Justice Alito, who filed the concurring opinion that was sharply critical of Breyer's description of the effects of guns on U.S. society. That discussion, Alito, Alito posited, is largely irrelevant to the court's actual holding, which Alito stressed, quote, decides nothing about who may lawfully possess a firearm or the requirements that must be met to buy a gun, nor does it decide anything about the kinds of weapons that people may possess. More broadly, Alito pushed back at the contention by Breyer and New York that the ubiquity of guns in our country's high level of gun violence provide reasons for sustaining the New York law. In Alito's view, people want the right to carry a gun precisely because of those conditions. Duh. Y'all have created an unsafe world where the government doesn't do their fucking jobs to protect us and just opens the borders to a bunch of criminals and terrorists. Uh, I want the right to protect myself. No, you can't have that right. Let's have more legals come in, though, you fucking idiots. Just as he did at the oral uh, uh, argument in in, um, November, Alito suggested that, quote, many Americans have good reasons to fear that they will be victimized if they are unable to protect themselves. And today, no less than in 1791, Alito concluded, the Second Amendment guarantees their right to do so, period. In a statement released by the White House, President Biden read, Clarence Thomas is a a hero of all time, and he rightly called out several things that Sean Davis highlighted today, and I want to read them to you. From Clarence Thomas in today's ruling. A short prologue is in order. Even before the Civil War commenced in 1861, this court indirectly affirmed the importance of the right to keep and bear arms in public. Dred Scott versus Sanford. Chief Justice Taney offered what he thought was a parade of horribles that would result from recognizing that free blacks were citizens of the United States. If blacks were citizens, Taney fretted, they would be entitled to the privileges and immunities of citizens, including the right to keep and bear and carry arms wherever they want. Thus, Chief Justice Taney recognized, albeit unenthusiastically in the case of blacks, that public carry was a component of the right to keep and bear arms, a right free blacks were often denied in antebellum America. After the Civil War, of course, the exercise of this fundamental right was by freed slaves was systematically thwarted. This court has already recounted some of the Southern abuses violate, violating blacks' rights to keep and bear arms. Black guns matter. See McDonald versus U.S., the systematic efforts made to disarm blacks. Excuse me, that is 
see McDonald 561 US at 771. I'm not sure exactly. That's probably the ruling, McDonald ruling. Um, Justice Thomas concurring in part and concurring in judgment. Okay, so that's, yeah, he's talking about McDonald. Pistols, old muskets, and shotguns were taken away from freed slaves as such weapons would be wrested from the hands of lunatics, unquote. In the years before the 39th Congress proposed the 14th Amendment, the Freedmen's Bureau regularly kept abreast of the dangers to blacks and union men in the postbellum South. The reports described how blacks used publicly carried weapons to defend themselves and in the, their communities. For example, the Bureau reported that a teacher from a freedman school in Maryland had written to say that because of attacks on the school, both the mayor and the sheriff have warned the colored people to go armed to school, which they do and that the superintendent of schools came down and brought the teacher a revolver for his protection. <laughs> um, he, he points to another uh, Congressional Globe, 39th Congress first session, noting how during the New Orleans riots, blacks under attack defended themselves with, with, with such pistols as they had. Thomas goes on witnesses before the joint commission on, on reconstruction as described the depredations visited on Southern blacks and the effort they made to defend themselves. One Virginia music professor related that when two union men were attacked, they drew their revolvers and held their assailants at bay. HR rep number 30, 39th Congress first session, page 110. An assistant commissioner to the Bureau from Alabama uh, similarly reported that men were robbing and disarming Negroes upon the highway. HR executive document number 70, 39th Congress, indicate in 1866, indicating that blacks indeed carried arms publicly for their self-protection, even if not always with success. See document... Uh, H.R. Executive Document Number 329, 40th Congress, describing a Ku Klux Klan outfit that rode through the country uh, robbing everyone they came across of money and pistols and papers, noting how a black man in Tennessee had been murdered on his way to get a book subscriptions with, with the murderer taking, among other things, the man's pistol. Blacks had procured great numbers of old army muskets and revolvers, particularly in Texas, and employed them to protect themselves with vigor and audacity. See document number 43, 39th Congress, seeing that government was inadequately protecting them. There was the strongest desire on the part of the freedmen to secure arms, revolvers particularly. Uh, see document number 30, 39th Congress, um, on July 6th in 1868, Congress extended the 1866 Freedmen's Bureau Act, C-15 uh, Statute 83, and reaffirmed that freedmen were entitled to the full and equal benefit of all laws and proceedings concerning personal liberty and personal security, including the constitutional right to keep and bear arms, 14 Statute 176 and 1866, emphasis added, that same day. A bureau official reported that freedmen in Kentucky and Tennessee were still consistently under threat. Quote, no union man or Negro who attempts to take any active part in politics or the improvement of his race is safe a single day. And nearly all men sleep upon their arms at night and carry concealed weapons during the day. See HR document executive number 329 from the 40th Congress. 
Sean Davis pointing out that Clarence Thomas notes the fundamentally racist roots of American gun control movement. Much like the modern-day Democrats, racist Jim Crow segregationists hated the idea of black people being able to defend themselves from violent KKK lynch mobs. Today, my brothers and sisters, is a big day. Black guns matter, and the future of protecting oneself in this country has been affirmed again. The left freaked out. Here are the 19 worst media meltdowns over the Scotus ruling. Let's have a little fun. <laughs> God bless you, my brothers and sisters out there. The Supreme Court decision on Thursday upholding American citizens' right to conceal carry a firearm will now, will now result in national reciprocity. <sighs> Who told you that was going to happen? I'm a government insider. I can tell you the future. No, I study the law. I study Supreme Court rulings, and I understand why this is so important, and I hope you do too. It's a great day. Keith Oberman had this to say, it has become necessary to dissolve the Supreme Court of the United States. The first step is for the state, the, the court, has now forced guns upon to ignore this ruling. Great, you're a court. Why do you think you can enforce your rulings? Oh, you poor thing, Keith. You gonna be okay, buddy? Neil Cattell said this, Gonna be very weird if Supreme Court ends a constitutional right to obtain abortion next week, saying it should be left to the states to decide. Right after it just imposed a constitutional right to conceal carry a firearm, saying it cannot be left to the states to decide. Hey, dumbass. That's not what this ruling is. See, that's an emotional reaction to a, uh, a legal argument. And when you do emotional actions to legal arguments, you completely miss the point. Piers Morgan, who's a notorious anti-gun nut, notorious anti-gun nut, I'll say it again. America's response to its recent mass shootings is to make it even easier for Americans to use guns. The Second Amendment is now being interpreted as right to bear arms as part of an unregulated civil civilian militia. Yes, 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 Pierce. That's exactly what it is. Welcome to America. Fucking idiot. That's exactly what it is. Marianne Williamson had this to say. People will die because of this. And to be very clear, they're not doing this to protect the Second Amendment. They're doing it to protect the primacy of property rights. That's why so many millions of money were spent getting them into court to begin with. Um, the primacy of property rights? Looking around for some sense of, of any kind of intelligence in this thumbfuck's face. Marianne Williamson with the dumbest take of the day. David Weissman had this to say. The goddess is a disgrace because God forbid we ask for proper cause requirements to own weapons. The second amendment should be amended. I'm sick of this bullshit. Just go get blown. Take it up the ass. You'll be fine. Oh, oh David Rothschild had something to say. David Rothschild. He's very upset. The theory that the second amendment guarantees the right of anyone without training license or cause should be able to carry a concealed firearm into a crowded bar in New York is absurd. Hey, dumbass, you can't carry a firearm in a crowded bar in New York. Did you know that? Did you know that, for instance, here in Wisconsin, if you go to an establishment that has alcohol, you can carry, but you cannot drink. 
If you get caught drinking and you use your sidearm, you're going to jail. But hey, don't 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 talk about the laws with regards to concealed carry because then you would actually have to understand those laws. He says then this: the theory that federal and state governments can limit free speech, exercise free exercise of religion, protection from search and seizure, right to right to jury, right to speedy trial, voting rights, and the Second Amendment guarantees no restrict no regulations on production, ownership, and use of guns is absurd. Again, you do not understand the legal argument for this case. Just go over there and let the people who understand the basics of law do these things. New York will now pass wider gun restrictions, which will then take years to wind their way through the courts, rinse, repeat, batter the Republicans with it politically. That's how you resist this illegitimate Scottish. <laughs> SCOTUS decided that guns are more important than lies in this country. Head of the New York Senate Dems. Governor Kathy Hochul freaked out. It's outrageous that at the moment of national reckoning on gun violence, the Supreme Court has accurately struck down a New York law that limits those who can carry concealed weapons. What? Stop, just stop talking. Can you just stop? Don't say, don't just shh. Stephanie Mickus had this to say. The Supreme Court seems obsessed with wanting people to carry things, hidden weapons, fetuses they don't want. Maybe they should just be managers at TGI Fridays or Applebee's, and maybe it please the court if you choose chilies, you get to bring out the fajita skillets. Uh, okay. Nicole Sandler, genius of the world, had this to say. To the rest of the world, a warning. Do not travel to the United States. America's streets are not safe. The Supreme Court just said anyone can carry a concealed gun anywhere, anytime. That's not what it says. Don't spend your money here. The li your life is at risk the second you deplane. Literally, stay out of the United States. Yes, please, don't come here. Ooh, Anna Navarro had something to say. How tone deaf to America's very real gun violence epidemic can the majority of the Supreme Court be? This is a disgrace. Very tone deaf, dummy. Very, because, you know, what happens in the public sphere has nothing to do with Supreme Court laws. It's very difficult. It's so hard to understand. Mary L. Trump has been... Uh, traumatized somehow not quite sure how but she had definitely has been she had this to say i'm not sure how much more evidence we need although we'll be getting more soon that this supreme court is thoroughly corrupt and more justices must be added in order to counter the insanity of the alito thomas majority <laughs> i'm taking my ball and i'm going home <laughs> I was like, where is that coming from? Thank you for the coffee. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that very much. Uh, much love, guys. Uh, let's see. What did I get? Let me say hello to you guys out there. Robin dropping me five coffees. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you very much, Robin, for the uh, coffees. Much love. <laughs> it's good to see the alert works. It's uh, from Black Hawk Down. It's on the grind, Sergeant. 
All right. Uh, oh, Jennifer Rubin, we have we definitely have to hear. Whenever you have a case like this happen, you de- the most important thing to understand is what Jen, Jen, whatever Jennifer Rubin says is that I just agree with whatever she says because I I tend to just agree with whatever she says even though she's a dumb fucking moron. Thomas declares. Quote, the Second and Fourteenth Amendments protect an individual's right to carry a handgun for self-defense outside of the home. Unquote. There is zero textual support for that. Example 999, why originalism is a scam. Zero zero textual support for individuals' right to carry a handgun outside the home. There's zero... um, Hold on, hold on just one second. I got to try to remember. This is, it's very, the second amendment is very hard to read, especially for Jennifer Rubin, who, who, who can't understand what she reads ever. She doesn't process words. They don't, they don't go into her brain. When she reads, they just kind of go like through her ear and back out again. She hears words. Words, words, but they don't, they don't actually mean anything to her. So for, since you can hear just maybe, can you tell Jennifer Rubin to listen to me? So zero textual support for for that. That, that, That's what that says, right? Okay. Okay. Let me, let me read it for you, Jennifer. It's very difficult. So I'll I'll read it slow for you. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. I, th- I think I think that's what that says. You may need to you may need to grab a dictionary to look up infringed, but it what it means is is you cannot take my gun from me. To put it in the most simplest of words for you, town hall, I would like to point out that the Supreme Court justices, the only weapons at the time were muskets. <laughs> Hold on. Listen to how fucking stupid. Not not just don't just listen to her words. Just listen to how fucking stupid she is. Listen, listen to this shit. I, I heard this shit earlier and I'm like, whoa. She's a freaking governor? Oh, it doesn't this doesn't have the I'm forget it. It'll waste your time anyway. Sawyer Hackett's had this to say. Thanks to this Supreme Court, you can carry a concealed gun in public without a permit. But if you get an abortion, you can be arrested in jail without Miranda rights. Uh, that's not quite how it works, buddy. Sawyer, Sawyer, you may need to look a little bit deeper into the consequences of abortions. It's it's really they're actually common sense. Now I realize that common sense uh, abortion style stuff just is very hard for you to understand. You and Chris Hayes have the same kind of butt buddy mentality that can't figure this shit out. So Chris Hayes said, "I'm sorry, but the idea that the Constitution requires universal concealed carry is plainly insane." Uh, <laughs> what a fucking idiot. Bruin and thankfully the concurrence stopped short of quite coming out and saying this, but the arrows point in a deranged direction. Oh, thanks for clarifying, Chris. Thanks for saying nothing. Pre Barrio said this. Scotus read neither the room nor the constitution correctly. I, I, I preet. Um, no one cares what people in the room think about Supreme Court rulings. David Hogg had words. Fuck him. 
Uh, Gavin News, my words, fuck him too. So there you go. There's the summary for today. People very, very upset. Very upset today. That people have a right to these these dangerous sidearms. Do you, you understand how how dangerous these things are? I have if somebody were to break into my house right now, boy, I, I, I would have the ability to, 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 to put that magazine in truck that fucker and boy, I tell you, I'd got cop somebody right now if they broke in here here. Would that upset you? Does that upset you? You poor thing. Too fucking bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Boy, that, that uncensored Abe guy. We need to seriously talk about red flagging him. He's a, he is a danger to somebody. I don't, I don't know. Uh, all right. Top of the hour. We got lots more to get to today. It's, it's a great day to be alive. Family tech 264. Ruben is an idiot. I <laughs> stand with your crane. I agree with you, brother. Good to see you out there. Sean Joe's in the house. Tech 264 also said major cases have been on hold in the ninth circuit pending in this ruling. California gun and mag bans will end. Yes. This will have reverberations all around the country. My friend, great point. Red pill. Ken's in the house, dropping a cookie on me, reminding us that Clarence Thomas is highlighting, keeping blacks poor and needy. Indeed. Thank you for being out there, uh, Red Pill Clang. God bless you. Liberty Bells, TAC 264, Mike Montana, Who Cares News, Darth Q, and Belushi dropping some gold pills on me. Thank you guys very much. Much love, and God bless you all. Thank you for being here today with us. I appreciate you. Thumper Rose, good to see you out there. They are indeed fools, Vetmore. I'm with you. Uh, there's lots of reing going on. I do my best to give them re the reing reactions just to annoy the fuck out of you guys because I know it drives you freaking nuts. You just turn the turn the thing off and hey, will you please stop doing that? <laughs> uh, Denise is out in the house hanging out. Good to see you out there, my friend Hobal as well. JC Bird's out there in the Rumble hanging out as well. Frog Team Six in the house. Good to hang. Good to see you out there, Valhalla Batgirl. I've had a duck because of gunfights in many other countries, not once in the United States. Valhalla Batgirl in the house. Good to see you out there. Much love. God bless you. Hobal as well. Ilda the Huns over there and uh, Rumble hanging out as well. Uh, you you get a good laugh out of that, <laughs> unhinged Abe. <laughs> he is very unhinged. I'm very worried about him. Like he, he, he's dangerous or something. I don't know. He scares me. Brian dropping resubs and gifting one to Kirk Allen. Thank you for that, mother brother, my friend. I appreciate that very much. Freestyler in the house, Jane. Him, he himself, his self, Abe Allen. <laughs> uh, what's up, Jane? Good to see you out there. Hey, JC Bird. What's good, my friend? Hope all is well. Ignatz 963, not in a box, not with a fox. <laughs> uh, thanks. You, thank you for the, the new chat today. Thank you for being here today, guys. I appreciate you. Uh, Ellie K. Payton said, ladies, please, vitamin C in the first 48 hours. Indeed. Um, Oh, lots of uh, shortages of D and C and all kinds of vitamins in our world these days. No doubt about it. Yeah, they want to pack the court. They really do. Thanks for dropping me the buy me a coffee links, Chris. I appreciate that very much. And thanks again to Robin K for the coffee today, guys. I appreciate you guys very much. Thanks for hanging out here today. Good crowd over there on Twitch today. Much love to you all. The second hour, we got lots of good stuff to get to today. So thanks for being here today, guys, with us. I appreciate you guys very much. Much love and God bless you all. Diesel oil about to run out. I've been seeing a lot of stuff about that. We'll see what happens. All right. Up next, we have, what do we have next? Um, an insurrection by the left, by the radical left is happening, and it is starting to happen now. 
We have this from the Supreme Court today. What's going on, guys? Drew Hernandez here. I'm here in D.C. I am here at the Our Bodies, Our Sports. If you can see right here, there are a lot of women that are here to support women's sports. But Antifa and the psychopaths and the people that have lost their minds that are anti-women have showed up in an attempt to distract and drown out this beautiful conference right now with women that are supporting women's sports, that are against the agenda, that are shutting down women's sports. But these are the same people that were literally at the Supreme Court. These are literally the same people that were at the Supreme Court saying that we need to defend women's rights, saying that women are going to die if they can't have abortions. These are the same people at the Supreme Court that say we need to support a women's right to choose because women's rights matters. But here they are trolling and shutting down a pro-women's sports conference. That would be because they are paid to do it. <laughs> on the other hand, here in Wisconsin, you have a serious insurrection going on. As Jack Massey would like to point out today, the uh, the morons here in uh, in Madison have uh, whipped up their frenzy, uh, useful idiots to go to the Supreme Court, or excuse me, to the uh, Capitol Rotunda in Madison. Remember when we were there, and all of the voter integrity people were there? We had more people there than this. I just want to point that out. So they're they're very they're very upset they're very upset over there because uh, there is a 173 year old old law that would criminalize abortion here in Wisconsin. Well, see, this is why we have state legislatures and, and citizens who advocate for their state legislatures to to change laws that they don't like. That's how democracy works. See. That's how a constitutional republic and a democracy works. Isn't that amazing? It's, it's, I realize that it's very hard for you left dumb fucks to figure that shit out. I mean, that's very, whew. you mean, you mean that's, that's what, that's what, that's how this system works. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, uh, they'll figure it out sooner or later. Warrior Mima dropping a ship on me. Thank you. We had a big win today. Indeed we did. Can't let up though. That's right. Much love soldier. Much love back to you. Warrior Mima, a big win today, but you're right. This is, uh, we got to, it's, you know what? It's a, it's a huge change, but it's just the beginning of a lot more to come in a very positive future for our world. Thank you uh, for being out there today. All right. So let's get to some Durham news today from cash. I wanted to see this. Uh, and see what he had to say about it. Um, let's see. What do we have here? I haven't even had a chance to look at any of this stuff yet. So we're just going to kind of go through what I have left. I have the, the Ghislaine Maxwell indictment is what we're going to spend the most time on this hour. So I'm going to hop to that here pretty quick. And we're going to go through and read as much of it as possible. There is 50 pages of stuff in here. So some of it I'm going to kind of skim through. And some of it I'm going I'm to uh, not cover. But... We'll get to that here in just a moment, and then the rest and the rest of it is just kind of a rapid fire of interesting stuff that happened throughout the day. But I want to start with this. U.S. versus Danchenko, protective order granted, dropped by Durham Watch and Cash Patel from Cash. Quote, this means Durham filed a bunch of classified documents that he has been that he has been declassifying. 
and will unveil at trial gangster move what I used to go what I used to do to put down terrorists. So that is interesting. This is U.S. versus versus Danchenko, document 54, a protective order granted in U.S. versus Danchenko, uh, pursuant to Section 4 of the Classified Information Procedures Act. The court has carefully considered the government's ex parte and finds that the government's motion for protective order was properly filed ex parte. Um, the court finds that relevant and helpful standard is met. On this basis, for the court's review of the arguments set forth, the government's motion, memorandum, blah, 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 based on the reading of law and the government's motion and attached materials, this court grants the government's motion for a protective order in its entirety. So the question then, of course, would be, how much of it are we going to be able to see in trial? So I can't wait for the Danchenko trial. That's going to be a very interesting trial. <clears throat> Sorry. Ashcash says... Um, what he used to do, what he used to do in court to, uh, put down terrorists. So interesting. Thank you, Sean. Joe. I appreciate that brother. I appreciate that very much from Brian Cates, Patriots in control. Here's cash in his own I can words. I tell you now, um, that I am a now officially a representative for Donald Trump at the national archives. And I'm going to march down there. I've never told anyone this because it just happened. And I'm going to identify every single document that they blocked from being declassified at the national archives. And we are going to start putting that information out next week wow wow so what will that what do you what do you anticipate that will do what will come it will, out of it will, yeah it's the back end of what you just referred to as Devin said you know you haven't seen half of it yep. all this information that they want to you know they want to say oh russia gates over donald trump can spy. it's not over it hasn't even begun because half this country still thinks when they hear russia get they, they think oh that time because adam schiff told us donald trump colluded with russia that's not what happened at all. Right. And our children are learning the opposite of that as well because the mainstream media and Adam Schiff continues to lie. So we're going to continue to put out children's books. The Pot Against the King is one, but we're going to come on your show. We're going to go on the Reawaken tour. And every time a document is declassified, it's going right up on DurhamWatch.com for free. And we're going to make a big announcement every time. I want the two FISAs to be fully declassified. I want the insurance plan to come out that the lovers concocted that we've known about for four and a half years that the American public still hasn't figured out. And I want to, to know or I want to educate the American public on how deep the FBI lied and their level of corruption went. It wasn't accidental. It was orchestrated by James Comey and Andy McCabe and their underlings. And they're still doing that illegal work as testified to by FBI in the Sussman prosecution. They themselves admitted we're under investigation for lying during the Russiagate investigation, which we ran. Yeah. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Yeah. And so we're not going to stop. That's why I say people are like, Russiagate's over. It ain't over. We're just starting. Yeah, the groundwork was laid in the uh, in the trials so far. And, you know, we talked uh, with Zach earlier today about <laughs> about Emerald Robinson's piece, about how she uh, is completely blackpilled and, I just, like I said, I bring perspective to the, to the, to the discussion and see what you guys think about it. Um, but, uh, like I said, the insurance policy, right? If cash is going to be declassifying this stuff, what does that tell you? I think Barack Obama doing his daily presidential daily briefings is going to be, uh, Get punished for it? Yeah, I'll wait. Cozy Bear, so much to be thankful for today. Indeed, there is a lot to be thankful today. I want to get to the, to the Ghislaine Maxwell. 
um, sentencing indictment uh, today or hearing today. So we're going to get to that here momentarily. But a couple of things first. Voter Georgia sues for hand recounts in all 159 counties to stop Brad Rassenberger from stealing the GOP primary. Garland Favrito releases groundbreaking news with voter Georgia's ongoing fight to give Georgia voters access to the physical ballots for the purpose of auditing the accuracy of a highly suspect, unverifiable ballot marking devices and machine tabulations on a federal judge ruled illegal computerized voting system controlled by the Secretary of State Brad Rassenberger. Voter Georgia had a press conference earlier today that was about an hour and a half long that talks about what their plan is to uh, going forward and what they're going to do is sue for the uh, hand recounts in all 159 counties in Georgia. That's the story that uh, the mainstream media should be highlighting today, but they're not. They're, they're instead highlighting Brad Rassenberger at trial. So fuck that shit. We're not doing that. Shockingly predatory. Just Lane Maxwell <clears throat> document released today and we need to spend some time on it today. So let's without further ado, let's get to it and then we'll finish up the show today with uh, some news that I think you guys need to see. Thanks for being here today, guys. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat and prepare for a long read. All right, here we go. First, we have. Uh, an article in Zero Hedge today that kind of summarizes some interesting stuff. So I just just for the record, right, lay the groundwork for the the indictment or the uh, sentencing stuff, and then we'll it's going to highlight some key stuff in it, and then we'll go through the document and see what's in here. Shockingly predatory. Prosecutors want thirty to fifty five years for Justine Maxwell as her lawyers try to halt victim testimony. Convicted sex trafficker Ghislaine Maxwell should spend between 30 and 55 years in prison after serving dead after serving as dead pedophile Jeffrey Epstein's fixer and partner in crime. The 60-year-old disgraced socialite was convicted in December on five charges, including recruiting, grooming, and sex trafficking girls, some as young as 14 years old, between 1994 and 2004 for Epstein and associates to abuse. Prosecutors called Maxwell's conduct shockingly predatory, according to Reuters, citing a sentencing memorandum filed in Manhattan federal court on Wednesday. Her practice, quote, her practice of targeting vulnerable victims reflects her view that struggling young girls could be treated like disposable objects, they added. Maxwell will be be sentenced on Tuesday, June 28th, which is next week by Circuit Court Judge Allison Nathan. Maxwell's lawyers have asked for less than 20 year sentence recommended by probation officers and no more than five and a quarter years arguing she's been scapegoated for Epstein's crimes and has already spent quite a long time behind bars. It's good to see that she's wound, she's wound up with some moronic lawyers. You know what I'm saying? Prosecutor said Maxwell's reports of poor confinement conditions at Brooklyn's Metropolitan Detention Center were no reason for a lighter sentence. Quote, going from being weighted on hand and foot to incarceration is undoubtedly a shocking and unpleasant experience, they wrote. Maxwell's legal team is also trying to bar two alleged victims from giving impact statements at the sentencing. Epstein accusers Sarah Ransom and Elizabeth Stein were not called to testify during Maxwell's trial uh, last year. However, sentencing hearing allow for a wider pool of alleged victims to speak in order to help judges make their sentencing decisions. In a Tuesday court filing, an attorney representing both women, Robert Lewis, expected that his clients be able to speak at Maxwell's sentencing as victims of sex trafficking perpetrated by Jeffrey Epstein and Maxwell. 
Maxwell's attorney said back, arguing that neither woman qualified to speak as victims due to the timing of their allegations as well as their ages at the time. Huh? In a response to the filing, Sternheim explained that Maxwell was tried specifically for sex trafficking minors between 2007 and 1994. Ransom doesn't qualify as a victim in this case because her allegations against Epstein and Maxwell focus on the years after she was convicted for and when she was an adult. Ransom has said in previous interviews that she was recruited into Epstein's sex trafficking ring when she was 22 years old. She told CBS News in an interview in December that Epstein raped her and threatened to kill her and her family if she ever left him. She said Maxwell was the organizer of the ring. She orchestrated everything, unquote. During Maxwell's trial, four women testified that she was a central figure in Epstein's world. Now, when do we get to see the list of Epstein's clients. Yes. When? <laughs> I'll wait. U.S. District Court of Southern District of New York, United States of America versus Juslaine Maxwell. Here's the 55-page filing today. Thank you, Brian Cates, for getting this out there. We start here <clears throat> with a preliminary statement. Ghislaine Maxwell played an instrumental role in the horrific sexual abuse of multiple young teenage girls as part of a disturbing agreement with Jeffrey Epstein. Maxwell identified, groomed, and abused multiple victims while she enjoyed a life of extraordinary luxury and privilege. In her wake, Maxwell left her victims permanently scarred with emotional and physical, physiological injuries. That damage can never be undone, but it is, but it can be accounted for in crafting a just sentence for Maxwell's crimes. The government respectfully submits this memorandum in connection with the sentencing of, of Maxwell in the above caption case, which is scheduled on June 28, 2022. And in response to the defendant's June 15, 2022 sentencing memorandum and objections to the pre-sentence investigative report prepared for by the U.S. Probation Office. For the reasons set forth below, the government maintains that under the United States Sentencing Guidelines, um, the sentencing range is 360 months to life in prison because the statutory maximum penalty is 660 months imprisonment. The guidelines range from 360 to 660 months imprisonment. Given the exceptionally serious nature of the defendant's years-long participation in the sexual abuse of minors, consideration of the relevant factors under 18 U.S.C. 3553A weighs heavily in favor of a sentence within the guide range, guidelines range of 360 to 660 months imprisonment. Most significantly, the nature of the seriousness of the offense, the harm to the victims, the need to promote respect for the law, and the history and characteristics of the defendant weigh heavily in the favor of a guidelines sentence. The government addresses each of these factors in turn below. However, certain aspects of the defendant's submission bear addressing up front. First, the court should reject the defendant's request for a reduced sentence in light of conditions at Metropolitan Det Detention Center. The defendant's claims are inaccurate, and in fact, the defendant has enjoyed remarkable privileges as a high-profile inmate that vastly exceed the benefits accorded to the average inmate. It is unsurprising that a woman who led a life of incredible luxury should complain about her life as a prisoner, but that fact does not come close to the meriting leniency at sentencing, much less the extraordinary degree of leniency the defendant seeks. If anything stands out from the defendant's sentencing submission, it is her complete failure to address her offense, conduct, 
and her utter lack of remorse. Instead of even showing a hint of acceptance of responsibility, the defendant makes a desperate attempt to cast blame wherever else she can. On that score, the defendant's attempt to cast aspirations on the government's on the government for prosecuting her and her claim that she be held responsible for Epstein's crimes are both absurd and offensive. Maxwell was an adult who made her own choices. She made the choice to sexually exploit numerous underage girls. She made the choice to conspire with Epstein for years. She worked as partners in crime and causing devastating harm to vulnerable victims. She should be held accountable for her disturb her disturbing role in the extensive child exploitation scheme. The government agrees that the defendant should be sentenced uh, for her own conduct. She committed terrible crimes that caused irreparable harm to vulnerable children. Her own criminal actions demand that she serve every day of the guidelines sentence in prison. The background. The investigation. The U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York opened its investigation into Jeffrey Epstein and his co-conspirators in November of 2018. The investigation was prompted by investigative journalism and not, as the defendant claims, by civil litigants who pressed for criminal charges. In light of the covert nature of the investigation, the government interviewed a small group of witnesses and charged <coughs> Epstein as soon as it was able to. Obtaining an indictment against Epstein approximately six months later on July 2nd, 2019, and arresting Epstein on July 6, 2019. That initial phase of the investigation remained intentionally narrow in order to keep the circle of people aware of a federal investigation into Epstein small and to avoid jeopardizing the investigation before Epstein could be apprehended. The government's investigation expanded upon charging Epstein, and several additional victims came forward after the charges were announced. After Epstein's death in August of 2019, the government continued the same investigation, which included interviewing several victims. Among the victims the government interviewed were individuals identified on the record in this case, Jane and Kate, both of whom agreed to be interviewed by the government for the first time, as well as Annie Farmer. The government obtained the original indictment against the defendant, which related to the abuse of Jane, Kate, and Annie Farmer in the late June 2020. In March of 2021, the government obtained a superseding indictment charging the defendant, which added counts related to the defendant's abuse of an additional victim, minor victim, Carolyn, based on new evidence that was not available to the government at the time the defendant was indicted in late June 2020, or at the time Jeffrey Epstein was indicted in 2019. Throughout its investigation, the government followed the facts where they led without fear or favor. Char the charges. On June 29, 2020, a grand jury sitting in this district returned an indictment charging the defendant in six counts. On July 2nd, 2020, the FBI arrested the defendant. On July 8th, a grand jury sitting in this district returned a superseding indictment containing the same charges with ministerial correction, corrections. On March 29th, my father's birthday, 2021, a grand jury sitting in this district returned a superseding indictment. The indictment which charged the defendant in eight counts, count one of the indictment charged the defendant with conspiring with Jeffrey Epstein and others to entice minors to travel to engage in illegal sexual acts from in or about 1994 or about 2004. In violation of 18 U.S.C. 371, count two charged the defendant with enticing minor victim one to travel to engage in illegal sex acts and aiding and abetting the same in violation of 18 U.S.C. 2422. 
Count three charged the defendant with conspiring with Epstein and others to transport minors to participate in the illegal sex acts from in or about 94 through 2004 in violation of 18 U.S.C. 371. Count four charged the defendant with, with transporting minor victim one to participate in illegal sex acts and aiding and abetting the same. Count five charged the defendant with participating in a sex trafficking conspiracy between 2001 and 2004. Count six charged the defendant with sex trafficking of a minor victim four and aiding and abetting the scheme. Counts seven and eight charged the defendant with perjury. Uh, and that is the last one in violation of 18 USC 1623. Summary of proof at the trial. On November 9th, 2021. The defendant proceeded to trial on counts one through six on December 29th, my birthday, a jury returned a guilty verdict on counts one, three, four, five, and six. The proof at trial established that over a course of a decade, the defendant facilitated and participated in the sexual abuse of multiple young girls. From 2004 to, from 1994 to 2004, the defendant and Epstein worked together to identify girls, groom them, and entice them to travel and transport them to Epstein's properties in New York, Florida, New Mexico, and elsewhere, i.e. France. <laughs> and Epstein Island, the girls, some of whom were, were as young as 14 years old, were then sexually abused, often under the guise of a massage. Beginning in approximately 1991, the defendant had a close and intimate relationship with Epstein. The defendant was Epstein's girlfriend for many years until in or about the early 2000s. After that point, the defendant and Epstein remained close friends. For over a decade, the defendant traveled with Epstein, a multimillionaire, on his private planes and mingled with rich and famous people. The defendant wrote in an essay that she and Epstein were a couple and were rarely apart, great partners and best of friends. The defendant enjoyed a life of an extraordinary luxury with Epstein. The defendant and Epstein spent time together in Epstein's various properties, including his mansion on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, his villa in Palm Beach, his ranch in New Mexico, and his apartment in Paris, as well as his private island in the U.S. Virgin Islands. During the time frame of the conspiracy, um, by the way, the Virgin Islands is the one that has the temple on it. Yeah. During the time frame of the conspiracy, Maxwell received exceptional benefits from Epstein beyond the lavish lifestyle that she enjoyed side by side with Epstein. Maxwell also received a townhouse that Epstein bought for her in New York City, and Epstein transferred a total of approximately $23 million to Maxwell during the time frame of her conspiracy. In addition to her role as Epstein's girlfriend, the defendant also supervised Epstein's household and enjoyed a lifestyle of extraordinary wealth. The defendant relished her role as the lady of the house. When the defendant took charge of Epstein's home, she imposed strict rules for the staff. For example, the defendant helped author and implement a household manual, which contained rules for operating the Palm Beach house to anticipate the needs of Mr. Epstein, Miss Maxwell, and their guests. Staff were directed to have two sizes of notepads marked Ghislaine Maxwell and Lady Ghislaine. In addition to Epstein's notepads, staff were also in instructed on Epstein. Staff were also instructed on Epstein and defendant breakfast preferences and items to keep in Epstein and uh, the defendant's respective bathrooms. The defendant's instructions extended to massages. She specified the massage oils and lotions for a Palm Beach house. In short, the defendant was waited on hand and foot. To protect her criminal activities from exposure, the defendant also fostered a culture of silence at Epstein's homes. The Palm Beach household manual made clear that staff were to see nothing, hear nothing, and say nothing except to answer a question directed at them. <laughs> 
Manuel instructed employees to never disclose Mr. and Ms. Maxwell's activities or whereabouts to anyone. The defendant reinforced the massages of the household manual. She directed Juan Alessi, a former manager of Epstein's Palm Beach Villa, to speak to Epstein only when spoken to and not to look into Epstein's eyes. Alessi explained during his trial testimony that he understood he was to be blind, deaf, and dumb and to say nothing of their lives. This culture of silence provided space for for the defendant and Epstein to operate a playbook through which they sexually abused young girls. At trial, Dr. Lisa Rocio, an expert in psychology with a specialized expertise in traumatic stress and interpersonal violence, explained that the children are most frequently sexually abused through grooming and coercion in the context of a relationship. Dr. Rocio explained that abusers use a series of deceptive tactics to engage a child in sexual abuse. The defendant and Epstein used such tactics throughout the life of the conspiracy. In the early phase of the conspiracy, from at least approximately 1994 through 2001, the defendant identified vulnerable girls, typically from a single mother household's. Um, found off of MySpace and Facebook and Twitter and TikTok and other places, the platforms that were built to do facilitate this kind of behavior. And difficult financial circumstances, the, the defendant and Epstein then isolated the girls, spending time with them away from their family and friends. During that time, they groomed the girls through techniques such as giving them gifts, pretending to be friends and building trust. The defendant and Epstein then normalized sexual situations and sexual touching. Finally, they transitioned to sexual abuse, often through the pretext of giving Epstein a massage. Earlier this year, this earlier phase required the defendant to, and Epstein to identify one girl at a time to target for grooming and abuse. In the later phase, from approximately 2001 to until at least 2004, the defendant and Epstein developed a scheme that created a consistent stream of girls who recruited each other to visit Epstein and at his Palm Beach residence. This new approach replaced some of the early grooming and trust-building steps with money provided to the girls from struggling families. Specifically, the defendant and Epstein paid young girls hundreds of dollars in cash in exchange for meeting Epstein to be sexually abused again, often under the pretext of giving Epstein a massage. Once a girl was introduced to those sexualized massages, she was offered more money if she brought other teenage girls to engage in sexualized massages with Epstein. As a result, the defendant and Epstein no longer had to identify and recruit victims themselves. Instead, they used money to convince impoverished girls to bring other girls to provide Epstein with sexualized massages. Once the girls were in Epstein's home, the defendant engaged in grooming behavior that normalized the sexualized massages that were taking place with Epstein. As set forth in the PSR, the defendant targeted vulnerable victims for sexual abuse, causing significant and lasting harm. The trial evidence focused on six girls who suffered abusive sexual contact as a result of the defendant's criminal actions. Jade, Jane, Kate, Annie, Carolyn, Virginia, and Melissa. Details concerning the evidence at trial with respect to the abuse by the defendant and Epstein of the six girls provided um, in sections here. Uh, the defendant was instrumental in the abuse of these girls. She personally engaged in sexual abuse when she fondled the breasts of Jane, Annie, Annie and Carolyn. She used her role as a supposedly respectable, glamorous, older woman to lure these victims into a false sense of security by behaving as though the sexual abuse was normal. The defendant prevented these girls from understanding just how wrong the abuse was. 
The defendant also provided Epstein with a cover of an age-appropriate romantic partner to put other adults at ease when interacting with Epstein and when allowing their children to spend time with him. Number one, the sexual abuse of Jane. Yes, we are going to go through this today. I think it's important to get this on the record. The defendant and Epstein met Jane when she was just 14 years old in the summer of 1994 at summer camp for talented kids. Jane was particularly vulnerable as her father had just passed away, a fact that she had been told both Epstein and the defendant upon meeting them, and her family was struggling financially. The defendant and Epstein cultivated a relationship with Jane, spending time with her at Epstein's Palm Beach home and taking her to the movies and on shopping outings. The defendant and Epstein gave Jane gifts and came to look up uh, to the defendant like an older sister figure. The defendant and Epstein abused that relationship of trust in the worst way imaginable. They sexually abused Jane starting when she was just 14 years old, and then the sexual abuse continued for years. When Jane was still only 14, the defendant and Epstein instructed Jane to follow them to Epstein's bedroom while the defendant and Epstein fondled each other, casually giggling about it while Epstein and Jane... Uh, while Epstein asked Jane to take her top off, while this was happening, there were hands everywhere. Epstein began to masturbate, and the defendant rubbed and kissed and fondled Epstein. After this initial sexual interaction, the defendant and Epstein continued to abuse, sexually abuse Jane. The defendant and Epstein taught Jane how Epstein liked to be massaged and gave Jane instructions about uh, touching Epstein's penis. Jane was 14 years old, and the defendant tried to make Jane feel like this was very normal and not a big deal, unquote. Jane was repeatedly sexually abused by Epstein between the ages of 14 and 16, and the defendant was frequently in the room when the abuse happened. Over time, the abuse escalated, and Epstein used vibrators on Jane's, masturbated, and put his fingers all over her. Yeah. The defendant sometimes touched Jane during these incidents. In particular, Jane recalled that the defendant touched her breast. This is uh, this sexual abuse was not limited to Palm Beach, Florida, and Jane traveled to the, with the defendant to Epstein and Epstein to Epstein's townhouse in New York City and his ranch in New Mexico. Jane was also sexually abused during during those trips. Num <laughs> All right. Uh, the sexual abuse of Kate. The defendant and Epstein's sexual abuse of Kate started in 1994, around the same time that the defendant and Epstein started sexually abusing Jane. After Kate, then 17 years old, told the defendant that she lived alone with her mother and that things were difficult at home, the defendant introduced Kate to Epstein in London. The defendant delivered Kate to a naked Epstein in the defendant's home for massages and told Kate to have a good time. During these massages, Epstein initiated sexual contact, contact with her, putting her hands on his penis and grabbing Kate's breast in between her legs. Kate traveled to meet both Maxwell and Epstein in Palm Beach, Little St. James, and New York City where she was... Uh, where she was between approximately 18 and 24 years old. Epstein initiated sexual activity with Kate every time she spent time with him from the time she was 17 old through her thirties. The defendant brought up sexual topics with Kate ranging from talking about how sexually demanding Epstein was to asking if Kate knew of anyone to give Epstein a blowjob and remarking that Epstein liked cute young pretty girls like Kate. When Kate was approximately 18 years old, Kate visited Epstein and Maxwell at Epstein's villa in Palm Beach. The defendant had left a schoolgirl outfit for Kate in the guest room and told Kate that she thought it would be fun for Kate to take Epstein's 
his tea in the outfit. Kate alone uh, with Epstein, uh, alone with only Epstein, and the defendant in a place where she had never previously vis- visited complied. Epstein raped Kate by engaging in forcible intercourse with her. Later that day, Maxwell asked Kate if she had fun and told Kate that she was a good girl and one of Epstein's favorites. Epstein engaged in unwanted sexual activity with Kate multiple times during that same trip. Number three, the sexual abuse of Annie Farmer. The defendant also took steps to normalize sexual contact with Annie Farmer, who was 16 years old at the time. In spring of 1996, Annie's mother, at Epstein's request, agreed to send Annie to Epstein's ranch in New Mexico for a retreat for a group of 20 to 25 students, both boys and girls, that were academically gifted uh, to discuss college plans and international trips. Annie did not, did not want to go to New Mexico after Epstein had caressed and held Annie's hand and rubbed her foot and leg while they were watching a movie at a theater in New York in December of 1995. Despite those misgivings, Annie felt more comfortable going to New Mexico once she understood that the defendant, a grown woman in a romantic, romantic relationship with Epstein, would be there with Annie. Yet, when Annie found herself alone at Epstein's ranch in New Mexico... With just Epstein and the defendant, she found that the defendant was anything but a protector. Instead, Annie found that the purpose of the trip was to groom her for a sexual abuse for sexual abuse. During the New Mexico trip, the defendant took steps to normalize sexual contact under the ruse of massage. The defendant asked Annie if she had ever had a professional massage and that she wanted Annie to have that experience and that she was, would be happy to give Annie a massage. After telling Annie that to get undressed, the defendant gave Annie a massage on a table while Annie was naked. During the massage, the defendant rubbed Annie's body and directed Annie to roll over so that she was laying on her back. After Annie complied and rolled on her back, the defendant pulled the sheet down and exposed Annie's breast. And while Annie was naked and isolated in a ranch in the middle of nowhere, the defendant rubbed Annie's breast. Annie testified that she wanted badly to get off the table and have this massage be done. The defendant sexually abused a teenage girl in an effort to groom her for further abuse. Following through with, on that plan on this same New Mexico trip, Epstein later got into Annie's bed, cuddled with her, and pressed uh, his body onto her and rubbed against her. But with uh, when Annie managed to to uh, extract extract her herself from the situation by running to the bathroom, thereby denying Epstein's further sexual contact, the defendant seemed. Very disinterested in Annie. Sexual abuse of Virginia Roberts, number four. Beginning in or around the summer of 2000, the defendant and Epstein entered a new phase of their scheme to sexually abuse teenage girls. That summer, Maxwell recruited a 17-year-old girl named Virginia Roberts from a parking lot of Mar-a-Lago to provide Epstein with massages. Over the next several months, Virginia was paid to provide Epstein with sexualized massages at his Palm Beach residence in exchange for hundreds of dollars in cash for each massage. Virginia also traveled with Epstein and Maxwell to other locations, including New York and the Virgin Islands, on Epstein's plane. Virginia brought other teenage girls to Epstein's Palm Beach house. One of those girls was a 14-year-old girl named Carolyn, who Virginia introduced to the defendant and Epstein at the Palm Beach Villa in 2001, thus beyond the pyramid scheme phase of the defendant and Epstein's abuse of teenage girls. The sexual abuse of Carolyn. Carolyn visited Epstein's Palm Beach residence more than a hundred times, during each of which she was sexually abused during the 
during paid sexualized massages. Carolyn met the defendant and the very first time she went to Epstein's house and she interacted with the defendant multiple times thereafter. On Carolyn's first visit to the house, the defendant greeted Virginia, who introduced Carolyn to the defendant. The defendant told Virginia, you can bring her upstairs and show her what to do. And after which Virginia showed Carolyn how to perform a sexual massage on Epstein. Carolyn performed over 100 paid sexualized massages for Epstein when she was between 14 and 18 years old. The vast majority involved the same course of abuse. At some point during each massage, Epstein rolled over and began masturbating himself. Epstein then directed Carolyn to touch his nipples, and he touched Carolyn's breast and butt. On occasion, Epstein uh, attempted to touch uh, Carolyn's vagina with a vibrator, but Carolyn pulled away, so he stopped. On two occasions, Epstein brought other females into the room with Carolyn, who engaged uh, Carolyn in oral sex, and on one occasion, Epstein raped Carolyn by penetrating her vagina with his penis. Every massage ended with Epstein ejaculating. That's good to know. Thanks for that. The defendant personally scheduled Caroline's massages for approximately the first year or two when Caroline was between the ages of 14 and 15. When the defendant scheduled Caroline for an appointment, she sometimes sent a car to pick Caroline up. At the time, Caroline was 14 or 15 years old and did not have a license. Indeed, the defendant knew Caroline's age and much of her background because she had multiple conversations with Caroline about Caroline's life. During these conversations, Caroline revealed that she had previously been sexually abused by a relative and that her parents were separated and that her mother struggled with addiction. The defendant invited Carolyn to travel with the defendant and Epstein, but Carolyn explained that because she was only 14 years old, she would not be able to get permission to travel. Carolyn was paid several hundred dollars in $100 bills after each massage. Usually the money was laid out on the table or by the sink in the bathroom, but the defendant paid uh, personally paid Carolyn after a few, few massages. I'm not, yes, I understand that you're not comfortable listening to this, but you need to understand what's happening in this world. You can't turn a blind eye to this because everyone who turns a blind ear and eye to this is, is also in in some ways complicit to allowing it to happen. We must understand the evil that happens in our world. The defendant saw Carolyn fully nude in a massage room on approximately three occasions. This happened when Carolyn had already undressed in preparation for the massage, but before Epstein had come into the room. One particular instance stands out in Carolyn's mind. When Carolyn was 14 years old, she had set up the massage table and was fully nude when the defendant walked into the massage room. The defendant told Carolyn that she had a nice body and touched Carolyn's breast. At some point, Epstein asked Carolyn if she had any young friends she could bring for massages. Carolyn ended up bringing multiple girls to massage Epstein including multiple minors. When Carolyn brought girls to massage Epstein, both the girl and Carolyn will be paid hundreds of dollars in cash. During those massages, Epstein masturbated and touched Carolyn and her friend's breast and butt. The sexual abuse of Melissa. One of the minor girls, Carolyn, brought to to provide uh, sexualized massages to Epstein was named Melissa. Melissa was just 16 years old when she went with Carolyn to Epstein's Palm Beach residence. Melissa went to Epstein's residence to provide Epstein with massages on multiple occasions when she was uh, under the age of 18. When Melissa and Carolyn went to Palm Beach House, they remained in the home for about an hour and then returned with hundreds of dollars in cash. An entry entitled Melissa's Cell, Carolyn's friend, as well as multiple entries with Carolyn's full name and entry entitled Virginia Parents were listed in the defendants in Epstein's black address book under the heading Massage, Florida. 
Epstein's black book, huh? Thus, as a direct result of the pyramid scheme that began with Ep- with Virginia and continued with Carolyn, Melissa suffered repeated sexual abuse. Section two is the pre-sentence report and sentencing guidelines. That gives you an idea of, um, well, let's see. Um, it appears the defendant viewed the, the victims as objects who could be manipulated for her and Epstein's own selfish purposes without any regard for personal well-being, health, or safety. Um, the offense level should be increased by two levels pursuant to USSG. As a result, the applicable sentence range is 360 to 660 months based on the offense level of 42. <laughs> the threes and sixes, I saw somebody pointing that out earlier. It is interesting. Uh, the 2000, 2004 sentencing guidelines manual applies. It talks into about more about that. Um, the court and not the jury determines which manual to apply. Uh, what's this? The sex trafficking trafficking conspiracy continued to th- through 2005. The indictment charged that the defendant participated in a conspiracy from at least in or up to about 1994 up to including 2004. And that is exactly what the government proved at trial. There can be no question that the evidence establishes that the conspiracy ran past 2004, consistent with the charging language in the indictment. At trial, Carolyn testified that she continued to perform sexualized massages for Epstein when she was 18, which was in 2005. Carolyn's birth certificate was admitted at trial as GX11. Carolyn turned 18 in 2005, which is after November 1st, 2004, the day that the 2004 manual went into effect. In particular, Carolyn gave the following testimony. Question. <clears throat> How old were you when you went to his house? 18. Why did you stop going to Jeffrey Epstein's house? Because I became too old. How were you? When you how old were you when you became too old? 18. That testimony alone confirms the the offense conduct spanned the entirety of 2004 and thus that the 2004 manual applies. Um, The rest of it kind of goes into the, you know, the, the, uh, the legalese of the uh, sensing guidelines. Um, That stuff can get in the weeds and I've already spent a lot of time on this. I just wanted to get that stuff on the record really. So thank you for allowing me to get into the record. There is a lot more stuff here that could, you know, that is probably interesting. It's probably worth your time to read, at least uh, scan through. The four-point leadership enhancement applies. It's kind of, a lot of this goes into the legality of of sentencing. So, you know, that stuff can get deep into the legalese and stuff. They do bring a lot of the trial notes into specific parts of this, like this section here in uh Maxwell also supervised at least one other knowing participant in Sarah Kellen. Larry Viskoski testified that he understood Sarah Kellen to be one of Maxwell's assistants. Even if he is not certain that Kellen had the precise title, his understanding is consistent with Maxwell's role as second in, co- in command beyond Epstein all, uh, over all other employees. David Rogers testified his understanding that Sarah was more of just Lane's assistant. She was actually probably both. So it goes into Sarah Carroll's Keller's testimony. You know, it can really get into the into a lot of this stuff. There's it's 50 pages, so I'm trying to get through some of this. The two page the two point undue influence enhancement applies. So this is uh, again with regards to why the sentencing guidelines should be um, raised. Um, 
this argument lacks merit. As the defendant correctly notes, impermissible double counting occurs when one part of the guidelines is applied, so it's a legal argument there. Uh, the five-level enhancement section applies also. Again, they'll go into explaining why that applies. Discussion for section three. Discussion, yes. Uh, the defendant conducts warrants a con- conduct warrants a term of imprisonment within the guidelines of a range of 360 to 660 months. The nature and seriousness of the offense, um, quite obvious, it should be quite obvious to anybody out there. So, um, the conspiracy in this case was extensive and sophisticated by any metric. It involved multiple victims, including the CIA and the Mossad. And the Vatican. Oh, we no, no, that don't talk about that. Don't, 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 don't. We yeah, that we that wasn't put into the court record, so you can't talk about that. <laughs> but we know it's true. The victim impact argument is is uh, part of the victiming guideline, or the sentencing guidelines, I should say. History and characteristics of the defendant. Uh, that's plan. In 2016, the defendant testified under oath in a civil disposition in connection with the lawsuit brought by Virginia Roberts, and lied repeatedly during her testimony. Uh, on November 1st, 2021, the court allocated the defendant whether about whether she had engaged in plea discussions with the government. Although the court's question called for a yes or no answer about plea offers, the defendant elected to volunteer the following. I have not committed any crime. <laughs> that was a lie. <laughs> so now you're going to be sentenced. The need to promote respect for law and afford adequate deterrence. Boy, that wouldn't that be nice. The defendant's arguments for a lenient sense are unpersuasive. Um, Just reading out the section heads, basically, because I'm running out of time here. Financial penalties section in here as well. And finally, the conclusion. Ghislaine Maxwell sexually exploited young girls for years. It is difficult to understate the magnitude of her crimes and the harm she caused. Her crimes demand justice. The government urges the court to impose a sentence within the applicable applicable guidelines range of 360 to 660 months imprisonment. Signed, Damian Williams, U.S. Attorney. There you go. All right. Uh, that is the summary of the document. I thought it was worth spending some time on that today. I mean, I realize it's, it's tough for some. Uh, tough for really all of us to listen to. But, um, you know, you, this, you can't just throw this shit under the rug and, and act like it doesn't exist. Uh, and our, our world has done that for too long. And I think it's important to spend the time on it. So thank you for being here today, guys. I appreciate you very much. To wrap the show up today, it's a nice little bow in eight minutes. Yeah, right. There's no way I'm getting through all this in eight minutes because this is a nine-minute read by Molly Hemingway that I'll save for tomorrow. Yes, Biden is hiding his plan to rig the 2020 midterm elections by Molly Hemingway and today's Federalist. I want to dig into that article. We'll save that one for tomorrow. Tom Elliott, some select questions for that reporters and politicians would ask Federal Reserve Joan Powell if they weren't all economically illiterate. Some great questions here uh, today that uh, Cognitive Carbon highlighted that I was going to get into today, but uh, you guys get it. Uh, Austria drops COVID-19 vaccine mandate amidst causing social division. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Cracking and pivoting, the president yesterday asked Congress for a gasoline tax holiday to alleviate the cost of gasoline and diesel in this country. This is not a solution. Our refinery capacity is an absolute joke in this country, and it is a ticking fucking time bomb that is about to explode. 
the supply crunch has manifest, manifested into a higher refined product prices that then would be suggested by crude oil prices. There are a couple ways, the easy way to illustrate this. Yikes. There's the, the uh, cost of refined barrels of oil. While it's painful to say, I think we need to, another pivot in policy, publicly shaming oil companies, using false narratives of price gouging, enacting a gas tax holiday, with and proposing windfall profit taxes are not good ideas either. Fill her up before you head out on the 4th of July because we're getting ready to hit the wall again. Pence visits Iranian opposition to show support as anti-government protests erupt across Iran. Really? Very interesting as President, uh, Vice President um, Pence is uh, meeting with 3,000 members of the Iranian resistance in the, at the home of the People's Mojahedin Organization of Iraq. Miriam Rahavi, as you guys know, that we have covered as much as possible, has been doing great work for her country. This is just three weeks after Secretary of State Mike Pompeo five weeks, excuse me, has visited them, calling for a more freer and fairer democratic Iran. Huh. Hmm. Huh. Some of your critics Check this out. have pointed out that a couple of years ago when you were the chairwoman for the have Hispanic pointed out that a couple of years ago when you were uh, the Republican Party for Hidalgo County, you Hold put on. a couple of social media posts out there. Shush. Fox News had things to say. have pointed out that a couple of I, years ago when words. you were the chairwoman for the Hispanic outreach uh, of uh, the Republican Party for Hidalgo County. You put a couple of social media posts out there that included hashtags for QAnon. And I'm just wondering where you come down in that whole QAnon thing. I'll say it over and over. It was a hashtag. My post is actually against it. I've never supported any of those uh, conspiracies and none of this nonsense. And again, so, so that's what Washington it? wants us to, again, Washington wants us to focus on nonsense. I'm focused on the issues that matter in my district. And right now, we're focused on the increase of gas, increase of groceries, and the increase of health care, and so many other issues. Please, this is Why was nonsense. it included in the tweets, though? It was an account, obviously. Well, I'm like, well, Stay focused. Stay focused. We know, Stay we, focused we are, on we, the we, issues we, that matter. We, we are focused on the issues that matter. I think that uh, anybody who watches Fox News would tell you that. We're just wondering yeah, right. what you say to the That's critics who pointed that, and we're curious as to why you would have included those in the first place. I've said it over and over, never supported any of those uh, conspiracies. Again, stay focused on the issues that really matter to, to the American people, border crisis and, of course, the economy. Fair enough. Good to talk to you, Congresswoman Myra Thank Flores. You. Good to talk to you. Yeah, good to talk to you. Crazy. Why, did you why did you put coupons out there? John Roberts, gotta love him. Checking in with FCCED today. So anything new? Credit Suisse prosecutor finds sixty million dollars in money laundering. If that was the last one we left off yesterday, Glencore subsidiary pleads guilty to bribery charges in the United Kingdom, and nothing else new today. Over there, let's go check in with the Department of Justice to figure out if they figured out how to do justice. Probably not. Justice Department settling with California-based IT recruiter to resolve hiring discrimination claim. Military contractors indicted for $7 million procurement fraud scheme. Former U.S. military pilot admits uh, acting as a paid agent of China and lying on national security background forms. Huh. 
And they have a statement about guns. Fuck you. No one cares. Shapur Moinian, 67, of San Diego, served in the Army in the United States, Germany, and South Korea from approximately 1977 to 2000. After his service, Moinian worked for various cleared defense contractors in the United States, including in San Diego, as well as the Department of Defense. Cleared is a term that indicates a contractor is permitted to work on projects that involve classified information. According to his plea agreement, which is interesting, he, he, uh, he was cleared on various aviation projects used by the U.S. military and U.S. intelligence agencies. He was contacted by an individual in China who claimed to be working for a technical recruiting company. This person offered Moynihan an uh, opportunity to consult <laughs> with China. And, of course, he very likely probably complied because money. All right, guys, thanks for a quick two hours today. I, I appreciate you guys hanging out through kind of a tough part of that section of the show today, guys. Tam Growl, thank you for the cookie. Sean Joe, Tac264, how can I, how ironic. Miss Maxwell's sentences have a three and sixes. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Tac264, for your, your support. Cozy Bear, so much to be thankful for today, indeed. Sean Joe, God bless you, brother. Thank you for everything. Warrior Mima, God bless you as well. Uh, as well as Red Pill Can, Liberty Bells, Boys Blank, Blue Eyes Open and Mike Montana, who cares news? Darth Q and Belushi dropping the uh, gold pills, 4066 gold pills today. Thank you, and God bless you all. Thank you very much for the support. I appreciate you guys very much. Thank you for being here today. I'll go ahead and release that gold pills. Thumper Rose, God bless you. Vet Moore, Tan Growl, thank you guys all. Knock my socks off. Thanks for being here today, guys. I appreciate you guys as always. Tomorrow we'll have another show. I'm going to try to get Joe Flynn on tomorrow, so I'm going to make a phone call here right after the show here today and see if I can have Joe Flynn come join us tomorrow. We'll see. I'll, I'll put that out there in the release if I can get him lined up for tomorrow. So we'll see if we can get that done. Mr. Vax, thanks for being here today. Just Mojo, God bless you. Um, Chris Schaus, thank you for everything you do as well as Politius. Um, and many others out there, uh, Valhalla Batgirl, <laughs> uh, P-Shaped, Ilda the Hun, Pterodactyl, Denise, all you guys over there on Rumble, much love and God bless you all. Thank you for the support as always. Twitch crowd with a great Twitch crowd today. Thanks guys for being here today, guys. Brian with a new gifted sub to Kirk Allen, as well as a new resub. Thank you for that very much. I appreciate that. My bottom line with a new follow and all you great patrons over there on, on, uh, <laughs> on Twitch. Uh, you guys feel like going for a ride somewhere? Uh, let's see what's going on out here. Relics out there. Shook's out there. Go, go say hi to Shook. I've been, I've been giving Shook a lot of, a lot of problems. Uh, this is, he's one of the guys that I watched. He's an American in Australia camping abroad, um, and staying there just to, just to try to do something different. He's a pretty cool live streamer, does things a little bit different. So do me a favor, go give Shook some love. So, tell him the uncensored family sent you over there and give him some love. And with that, I want to say much love and God bless you all. I'll, I'll be back here tomorrow to hang out with you guys some more. See you guys tomorrow. God bless you all. Treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. Embrace that label. Being an outsider is fine. Embrace the label. Because it's the outsiders who change the world and who make a real and lasting difference.